0: Amen. Thankful the Lord gave everything for you. Would you say amen? Well, amen. Bless you to be in God's house. Thank you, dear. Isn't it great to have a good chance in uh, to interpret? I tell you. Imagine having church without music. That is all so rough. Um, thank God for good music in the house of God. Let's join together to look at your Bible. Luke in chapter 24. Let not your hearts be troubled. The passage is long. What I have written in my script is short, the scripture is the main text. I do not want you to be troubled in your hearts today by the almost fifty verses that we have together uh, in the house of God. But it's good to look at the Word of God. Uh, By the way, the greatest message we'll ever get is from the Word of God. The scripture is the greatest commentary on itself. The more we memorize, the more we meditate on the Word of God. And you'll find this passage is rich. So much truth here. We can thrive because He is alive. We read a few moments ago in Matthew chapter 28. Join me you would. Luke 24, verse 1. I'll read down through verse 12. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. It came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day, rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulchre and told these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter, and ran down unto the sepulchre, and stooping down, and beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves. "...and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass." Now you, Peter, I like it how he gets right out there and checks things out. You know, he's the journalist who, if he was alive today, he would actually go do journalism, okay? I mean, Peter's the one who would go down and investigate the crisis, okay? Um, Down south somewhere. I mean, Peter's the guy who actually gets involved in things. Peter's the guy who often stuck his foot in his mouth, but Peter got right in the action. But you know what? After he looked at this, he still didn't know what to think. Peter saw that Christ had departed. It says, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Peter was curious. Peter was slightly confused because, see, they didn't really believe Jesus would rise from the dead unbelief is a powerful force. Thank God for the faith the gospel of Jesus Christ is joined together and ask him to use his word right now in our hearts. Father, we thank you for this passage. We thank you for the great examples we see here. We thank you for how your word is powerful and Lord, it is living. Lord, I pray that you would help in each of our homes and our families. And there are many today, burdened, loved ones that need Christ with uh, children that need Christ, with uh, grandparents that need Christ. And Father, I pray that you would help them to see the power of the resurrection. Lord, that they would be encouraged thereby and that the light would rub off in the home, the light would rub off in the community. And Father, that more would be saved as a result of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, with this truth. Father, we thank you. For the gospel. We thank you so much for that for us, Lord. Many of us have heard this story probably a hundred times. Father, I pray that the truth of the gospel, the truth of the resurrection of Christ, wouldn't just be more information in our head, but Lord, it we be applied in our heart. The seed would be sown, the fruit would be grown, and Lord, we'd see a harvest because you came to bring about change, you came to bring about growth, you came to bring about life. Help us to believe that. Help us to live like that, Lord. We need help today. Pray for our nation, you bring it back to you, Lord. I pray for our elected officials. Lord, I pray for those who are controlling our president right now that you he would help them to turn to you. You bring such conviction to their hearts that they do what's right inside God. Father, that your will will be done in this land. Lord, I pray that you would use these times when we see evil on the rise to call the people of God to a deeper walk of faith in the Word of God, deeper uh, trust deeper dependence and Lord that we would be willing to throw aside anything that's not like Jesus and Lord we'd be willing to change and be like Jesus changed into his image from glory to glory. We thank you for what you will do. We ask these things all in Christ's name. Amen. I heard about a man and his wife they were traveling over to the Holy Land. You know they were on there on vacation they took along the cranky mother law while they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. The man met, met with the undertaker. The undertaker said, well, you can have her shipped home for $5,000, or you can bury her right here in the hall of for just $150. man thought about it for a few minutes, and then he said, uh, I would rather have her shipped home. The undertaker said, why, why would you spend $5,000 to ship your mother-in-law home? We would be only 150 to bury her here. He said, Well, 2,000 years ago, there was a man who was buried here, and three days later he came up from the dead, and I don't want to take that risk. <laughs> My friend, I tell you, we thank God that Jesus arose. By the way, there have been a lot of people that have been buried in the old men since they're still in the ground that Jesus arose. I'm so glad he's alive. His resurrection gives me hope gives me purpose in the midst of confusion. It gives me strength in the midst of trouble. I thank God that Jesus is alive. He faced much opposition. By the way, Jesus' disciples didn't even trust him. They didn't even believe him. And when he had risen from the dead, they still weren't willing to trust him until they had personally seen him. Talk about unbelief. Man, these guys had trouble. I tell you, don't be surprised if you face opposition in the work of God, serving God Sometimes it does take us by surprise, though, especially when people of faith turn on us. But my friend, we can thrive because he is alive. And I'm thankful I serve a risen Savior today. This morning I want to share with you a few thoughts from this passage. The first being, we can thrive on, i am getting up ahead of myself, two heavenly messengers, uh, two heavenly messengers. In verse 4, we see, verses 4 through 7, Came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. You say, why does the Bible not just say they were worried, my friend? This went far, well beyond worry. They were so confused. They were so distraught. They had just seen Jesus, who said he was going to deliver them. Who on Palm Sunday came in and they had laid down their garments. They had laid down those branches. They said he's going to be the king. He's going to deliver us from Rome. And now he's dead. I tell you, they were confused. Now they come, they've just seen their Lord die a few days ago, and they came, it says, and they were much perplexed thereabout. And behold, they got for this. Two men stood by them in shining garments. And they were afraid. And bowed down their faces to the earth, and they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? And you want to encounter Jesus. Don't go to his tomb, my friend. It's still empty. These two heavenly messengers Announced that Christ had risen from the dead. I thank God for these heavenly messengers, these angels from God. I ask you this morning, have you been given any heavenly messages? We have been given so many heavenly messages right here in the Word of God. It should be our constant passion and desire and thrill to dig deep in our own personal study of what He said to us. What he said to us, it's the word of God that is living and that is alive. It should be our constant passion to dig into it and then share it with others. Two heavenly messengers. May I ask you this this morning? What was the last heavenly message God personally gave to you? To think about it. What's the last personal message God gave to you? Just say, I don't know. My friend, I serve a God who likes to show up in our lives. You read of Moses. Moses, the meekest man, but yet Moses, a man who dealt with much trial and trouble. Moses, who couldn't even go into the promised land because he made one mistake. But Moses, this man who encountered God so many times throughout his life. Every time we read in the Bible, Paul, what did he do? He had an encounter with God. I ask you this question. Have you had an encounter with God? When was the last heavenly message that God personally gave to you? Is saying he hasn't revealed himself to me? Well then, my friend, would you just ask God? Is this is, by the way, this is a shocker for, 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 for sometimes it's is a shocker. We, we'll be honest, Nick, we've never actually got in the book and read it until our heartburned. And read it in the Bible, said, open the Bible, and read it until the Lord revealed himself to us, Then we never got into a time where we actually continued a few hours in prayer, enough until the Lord revealed himself to us. By the way, when the Lord reveals himself to us, it'll change our message. It'll change what we say. It'll change our attitude. And that little mother-in-law would have had to, an attitude change had she met the risen Christ. My friend, two heavenly messengers. It's so easy to miss the heavenly message. I look back often in my life ask the Lord to remind me of the heavenly messages he sent to me. Writing these down in my Bible helps me. When I look back into my Bible, as I'm reading my Bible, I see, wow, the Lord spoke to me on that morning, on that day. The date's there, the time's there when I read that scripture 20 years ago, when I read that scripture 10 years ago. And you know what? Today, I can look back on that and be refreshed and be encouraged and be reminded of the time the Lord showed up. And then this week, when he shows up in my life, which he did this week, when he shows up and I have a personal time with God, and God shows up and he is real to me and I sense his presence my friend, it reminds me of all those other times when I sense the presence of God. And if we'd have more daily encounters with God, my friend, it'd change our disposition. Amen? <laughs> One was the last heavenly message God personally gave to you. These women were disrupted. These women were in trouble. But I thank God two angels showed up and revealed the truth of God to them. Look at what these angels revealed to them. Often they wanted new truth. But the angels came to them and told them what they already did. They said, hey... Verse 6, he is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, Hey guys? You remember? You remember the one that was in this tomb just a few minutes ago? Do you remember when he used to talk to you? Do you remember when he spoke to you? Do you remember what he said? Remember when he said... He's going to rise from the dead. Remember, he said he was going to be delivered in the hands of those sinful men. He was going to be crucified to Remember what he said. The heavenly messenger often reminds us of a truth that we heard before, but we have forgotten. Do you know the voice of Jesus? Remember how he spake unto you. Remember how he spake unto you. If Jesus showed up in your life today, if those angels were right here this morning, on that Easter morning, would you remember what Jesus said to you? Have you had an encounter with God? If you haven't, my friend, would you get closer to Jesus? Can you hear his voice above the crowd? Can you hear his voice above CNN? Wasn't it interesting this week? They got mad on there, okay? They said, and Chris Kumo, one lady said, Hey, by the way, you said, we can of upset these states are removing their mask mandate. She said, because we're removing the carrot from in front of people. I thought that was interesting, the wording that she said. We're removing our carrot that we're using to drag people along. It was interesting that she said that on public TV. Uh, she's going to regret it that, My friend, I tell you, we get too much of our opinions, too much of our information from the world instead of from Christ. Please don't drown out His voice any longer. Uh, the TV is pushing an agenda, which is an anti-Christ agenda. Uh, they're trying to manipulate God. Okay, uh, They truly believe They truly believe that they are greater than God. They truly believe that. And that is why they are doing the things they are doing with this whole agenda, which we saw in Romans chapter 1. You read Romans chapter 1, my friend. Total confusion. Why are they pushing this agenda right along with all these other things? It's because there is one goal behind it. They truly believe that they are greater than God and they can hack your body. They can hack into your life. They truly believe they have greater power than God. And my friend, that is a very dangerous place to start to play God. I thank God that he has the heavenly messengers. We ought to listen to heavenly messengers. We ought to listen to the overpowering voice of the Almighty today. Two heavenly messengers have you heard from heaven. In our text, we go on. We finish in verse 12. We're going to pick up in verse 13. And in verse 13, we read of these two faithless followers. Peter has now... Gone to the tomb and returned. He's confused and he's wondering. And we have two unnamed right here. Verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus. Two of them went that same day to the village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about 3,000 furlongs. As they go down this dusty trail, as they go on this long walk, they talked together of all these things which had happened, and it came to pass that, well, they communed together and reasoned. Now, they're reasoning. They're trying to understand. They're trying to figure things out. But look at what Jesus says. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. I didn't even know it was Jesus. This is great. They have an encounter with God, but they do not know it because he revealed himself to them in a way in which they were not used to. My friend... Don't get so accustomed to hearing from God in one manner that if God decides to reveal himself to you in a different manner, you get upset. all right God has a way of revealing himself in new manners to us to wake us up and we ought to be ready to receive it. It says their eyes behold that they should not know him And he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are? what he says sad. It's Easter morning. Why are you guys sad? Christ has risen from the dead, yet these men, walking along, are sad. My friend, do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? And I ask you this question, why are you sad? Uh, sometimes we live as if Jesus had died, and not risen from the dead. Uh, so sad. One of them, whose name was Cleophas, answered, said unto them, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? And has not known the things that are come to pass in these days. He said to them, what things? And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed. And words for God and all the people. Now the chief priests and our rulers delivered him, he condemned to death, and it's crucified him. But we trusted that he had been, which should have redeemed Israel. Beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. He gave certain women also of our company, made us astonished which went to the, early to the sepulcher, and when they found not his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels which said he was alive, and certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even as the women had said, but they saw him not. They saw him not. I'll tell you, these disciples had a problem with faithlessness. Unless we be too quick to accuse them, my friend, we are all tempted to be faithless. We are all tempted to... Doubt that God can do things, and when God tries something new, we get upset at God. I'm glad He sent Jesus and did something new. I'm glad He sent sent Noah to build an ark and did something new. I'm glad we serve a God of miracles. You're glad we serve a God of miracles. You say, "Amen." He's a great God. Verse 25. He said unto them, "Oh, now Jesus said it. All right. He called them fools and slow of heart." To believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Jesus confronts these faithless followers who have found all the information, yet rejected the information because they didn't physically see Jesus. And see, that's often our problem. We don't physically see Jesus. We we doubt that he truly is working. Two faithless followers. They're walking along the road. My friend, they do not know that it is the Christ. They're walking along the road, but yet because they have not seen him, they doubt that he's alive. Have you seen Jesus? Not physically. But my friend, you can see Jesus through the eyes of faith. Bible says in verse 27, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them, all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now do you think, that Jesus opened up his scroll and read it right now. Okay? This is this passage and all throughout the Bible, when you read the Bible with open eyes, it, it refreshes your mind about the great importance of memorizing the word of God. Because there are times and there are circumstances, most of the times that I go out to witness to somebody, if I didn't have the scripture memorized for that, I would have a really tough time. Jesus had the scripture memorized Memorized, you say he was God, yes. But he came and was born of the Virgin Mary. He had a human body that was possessed by deity, and he lived and dwelt among us. He suffered like human beings, suffer. He had he felt what we felt, he understood what we understand, he had emotions, my friend. And the Bible says, going on, see now he has the resurrected Christ. And he is now moving on and showing these things, beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expounded unto them the scriptures, the scriptures, the things concerning himself. God's mm-hmm. holding their eyes back so they can recognize that it's Christ. It says in verse 28, they nigh to the village whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. And they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening. Days far spent, and he went in to tarry with them. It came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it. Great, gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him. He managed to have their side. Can you imagine that? Jesus shows up, he explains the whole Bible to you. You say, Hey, Jesus, here's some food. You didn't know it was him. Boom, well, he's God. My friend, let's not miss the encounter with God. These two faithless followers, slow of heart. I challenge each of us. Let us dig deep into the well of God's Word. Faith comes through the Word of God. Uh, several great things happen when we dig deep in the Word of God. I've even noticed um, that you've been encouraged. I know many of you have been so encouraged to come and share with me you how you've been encouraged. And it all happened because of the ladies' Bible study. You got encouraged about your witness. You got so encouraged that you're excited about sharing your faith. That is a tremendous thing. And look, I have preached about things for three years, but when we have it with a ladies' Bible study, it's so much more powerful. When we have it with a small group, it's so much more powerful. And often we miss things because we're not willing to try new things. But when we try new things, it's amazing. All of a sudden our heart gets renewed. Our heart gets revived. We get excited about serving God. And God uses that in our life. Two faithless followers. Often we have unbelief when it comes to the things of God. And we, we doubt we doubt, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? These faithless followers have the encounter with Christ. May I ask you this today and tell you, let's not blame external sources for internal problems. All right? Let's not blame external sources for internal problems. Often we like to point the blame at somebody, okay? Now look, we could point them at the blame at the government for a long time, all right? But who elects those officials? say things are oh, off course, but anyways, um, let's not get into all that foolishness, alright? Uh, let's not blame external sources for internal problems, the problems that we as humans have. We need faith. We need our relationship with God to be strengthened. Let's not blame the external sources. We often look for someone to blame. God says, no, let's look within our hearts and say, Lord, purify my heart so that I may make a difference, so I may make an impact where I am. These followers had the word of truth proclaimed directly to them, but Jesus called them fools and slow of heart. You say in just a few days they're going to preach. I know. But my friend, there's going to be a transformation that happens. Fools and slow of heart. Faith does not see... Or depend upon the visible. Faith reveals what is stored inside of our hearts. Faith reveals what is stored inside of our hearts. You know, we try to find something nice for girls to watch, and it's hard to find anything nice, right? We've got this old, old poo, okay? From way back in the Stone Ages. By by the way, it's crazy. If you look at it, they're even trying to push philosophy way back then. But, um, anyways, poo's got something he carries around, right? What does he carry? What do you think in a honey jar? See, often he dumps that thing. It bounces all over the place. and You think it's going to spill. Finally, he gets to the perfect spot. He opens that thing up. You know, he's just digging that honey out. My friend, whatever's inside will come out. And faith reveals what is stored inside of our hearts. Because faith doesn't depend on the visible. Too often we're looking at the outside of things. And God says, I'm looking at the inside of things. I thank God He looks at the inside, aren't you? I'm thankful He used David. He looked at the inside. Thankful He didn't use a Two heavenly messages, two faithless followers, and as these followers go on, let's look at another thing right here. It says in verse thirty-three, or verse thirty-two, and they said one to another, "Did not our heart burn within us?" Well, He talked with us. By the way, well, He opened unto us the scriptures. And they arose arose the same hour, and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And when they they told that these things were done in the way, and how he was known to them in breaking of bread, And as they spake, they're just recounting what Jesus did on the road of Emmaus, and how he appeared to Peter. Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But look at what they say. But they were, the Bible says, terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. I'll tell you, fascination with the unknown is what we got going on today, right? Everybody's worried. I got, I got one of my neighbors all worried about UFOs. I'm not worried about them, but Jesus is coming back and he's going to blow away the UFO theory pretty fast when he comes, okay? So you can believe whatever you want to believe. I believe Jesus is coming back. My friend, I thank God that he is alive. As we continue on this morning, let's see what he says to them. Let's see this powerful truth that can help us. We can thrive because he's alive. Why? Because one victorious Savior arose. I thank God for one victorious Savior. My friend, we don't have to look around and see which God saves. Jesus saves. There is no name under heaven given among men whereby no other name whereby we must, must be saved. Jesus said to them, verse 38, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, as I myself me see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. He thus spoke, and he showed them his hands and his feet.
1: And while they yet believed
0: not for joy and wonder. He said to them, Have you here any meat? They gave him a piece of world fish and a honeycomb. He took it and he ate before them. He said to them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning thee. And then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Have you ever wondered why it's hard to understand the Word of God? My friend, the word of God is comprehended through the eyes of faith. The word of God is comprehended to thee through the eyes of faith. These disciples had a copy of God's word written in their language, in the Torah, another copy as well, right there in front of them. But they didn't understand the word of God that was written in their very own language because. They did not believe. It says, which things were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. It says he opened their understanding. He opened their understanding. They might understand the scriptures. What we need is God to open our understanding. It transforms our life. One victorious Savior. Without the cross, there's no triumph. Without the tomb, my friend, there is no victor. And this morning, without Christ, there is no reason for living. Without Christ, there is no reason for living. Christ died, but for what purpose? To redeem us. To redeem us. But why did he die to redeem us? To make us ambassadors, to preach the gospel to every preacher. I thank God that he has made us. Those who put their faith in Christ, ambassadors for him. Do you join me in 1 Corinthians 15? Let's go over there and see the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In your Bible you'll notice in verse 1. What Paul says in concerning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. He says, Moreover brethren, I declare unto you the gospel... Which I preached unto you, and also uh, which also you have received, and where ye stand. So he says, what do you trust in me, and what are you believing in? And it's in the gospel. You say, what is that? I uh, wish you are saved, you keep in memory, what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. He talks about believing in vain. Hmm. Believing with no change. That's the whole message right there. Verse 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Uh, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And he was married, and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And he was seen of Cephas, and then of twelve. And after that, he was seen of about 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain at this present, but some are falling asleep. And after that, he was seen of James, and of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. I believe Paul is the replacement for Jews. That's what I believe or if they go to the tribes. Paul speaks of himself as an apostle. He refers to himself as an apostle. An apostle had to see Jesus visibly, an eyewitness of Christ. By the way, if you, if you find a church today that says they have apostles, um, they don't, those aren't real apostles because apostles had to see Jesus visibly in the flesh. you find a church that it calls everybody reverend, the Bible says holy and reverend is his name. The reverend never should refer to a man or woman on this earth. It refers to God and God alone. Holy and reverend is his name. He is reverend, he is revered, he is holy. I will speak to the gospel, the gospel that they preached. I thank God for the victory. Look in verse 55 of of 1 Corinthians. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. Offense be to God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I thank God that he is the victorious Savior. My friend, it transformed every church. We lived in the light that he's a victorious Savior. He's a victorious Savior. It changed everything we talk about. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? My friend, when Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to them, and then he told them, go and tell. You have a problem We've heard the news. But we really would be happy if nobody can go and tell. Because if people go and tell, what's going to happen? New people are going to come in, and then we've got to learn to befriend New people, we've got to let new people come in the house of God. Sometimes We sometimes get such a selfish attitude that we really don't want the gospel to go to everybody. if That means that things change. Let us not be like that, like the Pharisees, who didn't want others in because they were too holy. Let us say, no, the gospel that has come to me, I want it to transform me and to transform all around me. And I want God to bring every person. We say, I want everybody to come to the house of God. Let's do it. Let's live that way. Let's befriend them. Let's make friends for Jesus. And let's win the loss to Christ. Let's do it together. Have a unified spirit instead of having a, a, a kind of a myopic focus. I just want my way. No, I want to reach. I just want to do what's good for the greater. I want to do what's good for reaching the souls around me. I want to be considerate of everyone in the family of God, every believer. And I want God to add to the church days such as would be saved. I want the victory of the gospel of Christ to be alive in my heart and because of it, I'm going to live different. We have a lot of untransformed Christians, which is why we have a lot of dead faith. Okay? My friend, when the transformation of the gospel comes in, fruit is born. And just like we saw last week, the seed is planted. And God wants the seed to grow so that we might live and might bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Where is it? the fruit of the gospel in your life today. My friend, one victorious Savior, and I thank God for him. And today, we can thrive because he is alive. We're going to bow for prayer this morning. We're going to ask God to encourage our hearts with this truth, to live in the light of the gospel. Let us not be those faithless followers, like those disciples who, when Jesus appeared to them, they were slow of heart to believe. Unless instead be filled with faith and say, Lord, have your own way. Lord, have your own way. I am the potter, the, uh, and not the potter, I am the clay. Have that kind of heart to the Lord. Lord, whatever you want. Lord, would you mold me? Would you make me after thy will? I thank God for how He molded and made others after His will that influenced my life. And my friend, it's because God molded their life that they were able to influence our lives. And now God wants to mold our lives so we can influence our lives. Jesus Christ rose from the dead to give us a victory in every area of our life. Whatever you're dealing with today, God wants to give you victory. Let's stand together. Whatever you're dealing with, he wants to give you victory. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you encouragement. And my friend, this morning as the piano begins to play, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm simply going to ask you to respond to the Holy Spirit of God. Say, you know what? What should I do? Take a moment to seek God. In a moment, uh, we're going to remember the Lord's Supper together. I thank you. You should be watching by way of Thank you for joining us. May God bless you in this home. Thank you for supporting the work of God in this place. For you have an encouraging week. God encourages your heart today. And thank you for watching by way of blessing. And Lord, bless you this time, those of us gathered here in the house of God, let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we help us today to respond to the Holy Spirit of God. Do what you want us to do. Lord, I pray that our life would be a life that follows after Christ. Have you received the heavenly message? Are you willing to trust it in faith? Then walk on in victory. Maybe we should say today, Lord, help me because I've not been trusting. Help me because, Lord, without a lack of faith, Lord, restore to me my faith, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, Psalms 51 says. Would you take a moment alone with God? As we prepare for the Lord's Supper, in just a moment, the canon begins to play. You'd like to go forward and pray. You'd like to pray your seat in a moment to do whatever God needs you to do. Take a moment with God right now. Take a moment with the Lord. Lord, search me, Lord, know my heart. Lord, help me to live a life revived by the power of the Holy Spirit.